0: Welcome to the Daughters of the Road podcast. In this space, we envision cultivating a community that inspires, empowers, and supports women in the motorsports culture, and cultivates seeking adventure, creating perpetual bonds between sisters, and honing in the skills necessary for navigation throughout life. I'm Kristen. And I'm Brandy. And we are Daughters, Daughters of, the of the Road. Road. Today was a little bit last minute, but honestly, we already had this all planned by the inception of this program. (laughs) (laughs) Narissa Cerny is truly a role model for girls and women alike in both motorcycles and STEM. She's a Harley-Davidson engineer that's been monumental in designing many of the motorcycles we see on showroom floors today, Uh, from cooling systems on soft tails to
1: engine calibrations that keep our engines safely chugging along. Beyond her nine-to-five, she was the founder and mentor on a team that empowers girls in high school to engage in STEM activities called the Iron Lilies, where they literally build a motorcycle together and race it. Narissa is constantly putting miles on motorcycles, and she's one of the few people I know that won't refuse an adventure. She'll just figure out how it'll work out.
0: Yeah, we're so lucky to have her join in on the Daughters of the Road podcast to give us the insight into her world and into her mind. So thank you, Nerissa, for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) So you recently shared a photo, a flashback, if you will, um, from the first time that we met you. That was in, yeah, it was in Milwaukee. Was it like 2016, 2017? What was yeah, it? Yeah, it, it, one of those two, but it was
2: a couple years ago for sure. It popped up on my Facebook timeline. I was like, oh, I have to share this right now. Just those throwbacks are so fun. But it was the first time I met you, Kristen, and our good friend, Lainey, who's also our adventure buddy. <laughs> Uh, Brandy, I don't think I met you until like the next year when I came to Vegas one time. But,
1: but no, like... I actually went to your house because I was I... in the car full of everybody, like the clown car, to get to downtown.
2: Oh, that's right. oh, <laughs> oh my God. yeah.
1: Okay. Mama, try weekends are crazy. <laughs> yes. a
2: blur, but it's a good time. Yeah. So I was following Iron Lilies at that time, and I was just like fangirling over you all and then you were there and it was like one of the first official pre-parties for to Flat Out Friday that like I can remember because it was like early in the inception of the show and everything and yeah I just remember like we met, came up to you and was like I want to meet you I remember that, <laughs> Narissa was so
0: cute, she was like oh my god hi I'm I'm Narissa and I just really wanted to meet you for a long time, I was like what? I was
2: like I don't want to be awkward this but I think r- you're really cool <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is so awesome. But, it, like, i it's funny because I've traveled so many times across the country to come stay at your house and, like, just – We've had so many adventures since then. Yeah, that was just the
2: start of it, right? It's so fun just randomly meet up with women at these events all over. And and how many different states have we hung out in now and now different
0: countries? I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we've been all over. Last year we went to, uh, we did the New Mexico-Texas trip on the Harleys. Mm -hmm. Um, Went riding in sand at White Sands. That
1: (laughs) was awesome.
0: Karaoking with
1: locals in Tombstone. (laughs) That i'm part. pretty sure
2: they're probably still talking about that night
1: <laughs> yeah that was a yeah, Lainey night. singing to everybody just blowing everybody out of the right. water beautiful like... voice yes exactly <laughs> so back to mama tried
0: um how many times have you raced there so when flat out friday
2: i have raced in three separate events um my very first time i did the mad dog class which was just kind of like dipping my toe in so i have a little honda crf 150 and the mad dog is like the mini bikes, so um, that was my first time getting out. Actually, that was my first flat track race ever, um, which was a little gnarly because Flat Out Friday is very fast paced. It's like controlled chaos, and I just kind of like jumped in. Thankfully, I had a lot of really good friends who kind of like coached me through the whole night. And like, you need to be here at this point now, and don't miss this. And I definitely made mistakes that night, but I mean, that's all it was was just learning and getting out there having fun. And um, then after that, I one year I did Women's Open on a 250, and then also Women's Hooligan. That was my first time doing Women's Hooligan. Ended up loving it. I loved being on those bikes. I was kind of scared of them at first because Hooligan bikes are no joke. They're heavy and very torquey, and the flat-out Friday track is small. So Mm -hmm. if you make a mistake, get on the throttle too soon, whatever, there's a wall, and (laughs) it gets really close really fast. Uh, (laughs) But I ended up loving it, and um, the following year – I did Women's Hooligan again. So yeah, it's been so much fun. I'm missing it this year. This is actually my first time ever missing Mama Tried in Milwaukee, because oh. I was there like basically since day one. I'm, I'm from Milwaukee originally. But it's for good reason because we have some
0: other adventures up our sleeves this year. So, oh, yeah, we'll get to that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I remember um, one year. Okay, so one year you guys were like cheering me on, Mm -hmm. and then another year I remember cheering you on. And I remember there was one point where you were running to the start line because I think you were on the Iron Angels bike. And you like didn't have the relay or something? Like there was something missing that you couldn't get it started. Yeah, I think the main fuse. Main was fuse, yeah, or something.
2: yeah. Um, I don't think I was racing it that year. I think actually the one year that we had Iron Angels bike in the race, one of our alumni was oh, riding it, which okay. was even cooler. Um, one of our former high school girls, she's a rider and actually does like a lot of motocross racing. But then she jumped in and did an awesome job. But. That was hectic because yeah. I was there that that time as a racer, as a participant, but then also as a mentor for the girls trying to get the bike out and everything. like, it's like controlled chaos, but it's so <laughs> much fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I remember one year we all went out to the um, lake bed where it was frozen mm-hmm. over and you introduced us to ice racing. Tell that us about awesome. that. The locals are so into that yeah. and I love
2: it. <laughs> so in the Midwest and in the Milwaukee area, especially Ice riding is a really popular sport because in Wisconsin, our winter is like six months long, and that's a really long time to not be riding motorcycles. So <laughs> we stay sane by studding up our tires and taking the bikes <laughs> out on frozen lakes. <laughs> and if for anyone who's never seen it before, it sounds crazy, and it absolutely is. <laughs> but it's kind of like, I don't know, the, almost the, the, the most fun you can have on two wheels because it just feels like like what am I doing right now? You know, I'm literally on a frozen lake, but it's just, it's so great. Like if you get clean glare ice, the screws dig into it so much that you actually have a lot of traction out there. Um, So downtown Milwaukee, there's a big Marina and it's, it's kind of funny because it's, it's sort of like split into two sections and we have this like, unofficial agreement with the local ice fishermen that they get the right side and the motorcycles get the left side. I love that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I, I always like to think that we were like scaring the fish over to them. So we're like working together I don't that's probably not right. But
0: whatever. I believe that. I think that's science. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> um but yeah, usually if it gets really really cold, like the marina doesn't always freeze over. It has to be real cold because because Lake Michigan takes a while to freeze. But um, Oh yeah, they put the little picture up of yeah. you. Um, getting down that was from a race I did yeah um so much fun but um yeah so remember the year that you guys all came down to the marina I think a lot of you that was your first time maybe even walking
1: on a frozen lake yeah I was scared I was like what the (laughs) you want to and then like we drove like somebody brought their Mm -hmm. truck pretty far in there and I was like how do you know we are we gonna fall through? and then like, no, we didn't., no, but it yeah. was scary. and I like, mean,
2: like there's guidelines, right? like somebody goes out and drills, and you know, you don't go on the ice unless it's so many inches thick, that kind of thing. but, um yeah, I mean, there's there's races that happen throughout the area throughout Wisconsin during the winter, and the pits for the races, literally people will drive their trucks and trailers right onto the ice. It's just, it's, yeah, it's, imagine a racetrack, but on a frozen lake, Um, so yeah, that was really cool because uh, one thing that I love so much about that community is how friendly and welcoming everybody is. So I think you all experienced some of that. Oh yeah. And and that's a big testament to the, the Milwaukee community as well is, you know, we just, we want you to have fun and no matter what you ride, if you ride and you think motorcycles are cool, we think you're cool. So um, we brought you all down, and some people had some extra bikes. You hopped on, and And it was a lot
1: of fun and scary. This one was ripping, like, sideways, and I was like, I'm going to stay going straight. I don't know. I'm (laughs) going to fall. This is going to hurt. It's going to suck. I was like, I'm just going to keep going straight, and I did. I literally was going so slow and just, like, feeling it out. But I definitely want to do it again. Yeah,
0: we should definitely plan to do that again. (laughs) That was so much fun. I mean, you're right. It's so much traction. So, like, I was like, okay, one time out, I was like, Let's run it. Yeah. Let's go. So yeah, definitely went in hard. But it was so fun to test the limits of that.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. The very first time that I went out, I was kind of in the same boat. I was like, I don't know about this, you know. Um, But a friend of mine, um, he was like a bit of a mentor to me in some ways. He's like, hop on. I'll show you. Because he had been doing it for years. So I hopped on the back of his bike. And typically they're dirt bikes. Some people actually set up their hooligan bikes too, which is cool. But um, we hopped on the back of his, I think it was a 250 and, um, I just had like wrapped my legs around his waist and he was like, all right, hold on. And he just ripped and I mean like full lean over and everything. And at that point I was like, okay, if this bike can handle two of us at the pace, he's going, I, I believe it. I, okay. I trust you. Right. Oh so. yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, totally. So let's get back to the source of it all. What really sparked your interest in racing or motorsports in general? So when I was real young, uh, I don't even know, maybe
2: like 12 years old or something, um, my mom took me to a race, uh, an open wheel race, think like Indy cars, that kind of thing, at Road America in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. And um, for any race fans out there, you may recognize Road America. It's a pretty famous road course. And that was like my first time being exposed to motorsports and just like high performance machinery and everything like that. And I was just hooked. (laughs) <laughs> like I had my nose up against the fence the whole time I got to walk through the pits and see the cars up close and everything and ever since then I just I like couldn't get enough of it so I I became like addicted to formula one you know I was getting up at all these crazy hours in the morning to catch it on tv when they were halfway across the world and all that stuff um and and yeah ever, ever since that I just like discovered this passion for really just all things mechanical and especially like performance or motorsports-focused industry-type things. So, yeah, that's really where it started.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a role model or influence at all that kind of, like, guided you into that path of STEM and engineering?
2: Yeah. Um, so I think once I discovered this passion, I just started researching things. Like, when I was in high school, you know, I started researching degrees or – Careers that kind of made sense with these interests that I had. Um, I always really loved science classes, and I loved being really hands-on. I did not like math, um, <laughs> actually. Everyone thinks that you have to be really good at math to be an engineer, and I mean, yes, that's true to some degree. But it's it's also okay if you're not that good at math initially, because <laughs> that was me. Um, but yeah, then I I discovered engineering through some high school classes and. Um, I ended up meeting a woman at the racetrack because I I would continue to go to IndyCar races and then they came to Milwaukee and all this stuff. And I remember one time I was at the Milwaukee mile and I was just like hanging out in front of one of the the pit cruise stands. Just I think they were tearing apart the gearbox or something. And I was just like watching them for an hour. And one of the mechanics actually came over and he was like, Hey, I noticed that you're kind of hanging out and you seem really interested. Like you should go down to this other trailer and, and find this woman. Her name's Kara. I said, okay, I don't know who that is or what she's all about, but cool. Um, so I walked over there, and it was actually um, the Bridgestone trailer, knocked on the door, and said, hi, is Kara here? I'm, I'm looking for her, and she, this woman comes out and ended up talking to me for quite a while, and then we connected and stayed in touch. And that, that was, I think, the my senior year of high school, so just going into college. So I had kind of already decided that I wanted to go in engineering at that point, but um, she definitely became a role model for me like throughout college and even into the early years of my career. And um, she was fantastic. I mean, she still is a very impressive woman and I'm so lucky to call her my friend and mentor, but she's actually um, the director of race tire operations now. So like the IndyCar tires, Indy 500, all of that, like she oversees all of it. And a very impressive woman, like I said. So um, she really was my first big role model throughout that, and not just like in motorsports, but like engineering and like career development, all of that. And then um, as I went, got my first job out of college, um, which was not in racing, but it was in engine development, because I had kind of figured out at that point that I wanted to focus and tailor my career towards engine development. Um, I met another woman at my first job, her name is Rachel and we're actually still friends to this day as well. And she actually works at Harley. Funny enough, she, she ended up coming to Harley and then I came a few years after, uh, totally coincidental, but it was great. And she's always been a really big inspiration and role model for me as well. So, um, and and there's like many other women that I've met along the way in racing, motorsports, riding, whatever it is. So yeah, like no shortage of inspiration at all.
0: Absolutely. mm -hmm. Yeah. So you spoke on um not being very good at math like <laughs> that's hilarious because honestly like i loved math in school but there was my first calculus class i failed mm-hmm. and i was like oh my god this is the, the end of me i can't do it and then you know what i was i i came home i recollected myself after i failed that class and um I decided to take it again, Mm -hmm. so I took it again um, with a different teacher, Yes, and I ended up being the highest score in the class by the end of it, and I was like, oh my god, like, it's like, I can do this. Yeah, I can (laughs) do it, so yeah, can you speak to that younger generation, like, if, if you ever like failed a class or had like a kind of misdirection or something, like, how did you persevere through that?
2: Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, math being a good example of that. Um, even growing up, you know, in high school and everything, math was my worst subject, but mm-hmm. science was my best, and uh, it was always so frustrating to me. I felt like no matter what, I would just try and try and try, and I could never get an A in math. Right. So I almost didn't go in engineering because I was afraid of that. I had this perception mm-hmm. that like I couldn't do it unless I was really good at math, and thankfully I had a teacher in high school that kind of convinced me otherwise. But um, Same thing. Calc one in college, Mm -hmm. I ended up failing it. And, um, you know, so the school that I went to actually runs on trimesters. So we do three semesters a year rather than traditional two. And the point of that is to get out of school one year earlier to get into industry sooner. And it was pretty cutthroat. Um, it was very fast paced and, um, basically failing a class like freshman year was a pretty big deal because you got Mm. off schedule. Right. So for sure that, that was like really scary to me, but I just knew I wasn't going to pass it because I was really struggling. So I ended up getting a tutor, and then I took a summer class to like get back on schedule and, yeah, pass that one with a different professor. But um, I still really didn't like it, to be honest. So um, for my degree, I had to take four levels of calculus with a few other different types of math. And it probably wasn't until, like, I think Calc 3 and then Physics 3 where we started combining the two that things finally clicked for me where I was like, okay, I'm not just solving differential equations because my teacher tells me to, I have to, and I right. have it on my homework. It's like, now I can use these equations to describe the world around me. Mm, it was almost yeah. like learning a new language. Right. So then like it clicked and I said, Oh, okay. Now I like it. Now I understand it. So it definitely, it took a while and it was a struggle to get through that. But um, you know, just, I, I approached it just like a roadblock and I just, use all the resources that I had at my fingertips, tutors, friends, whatever it was, you know, and just like kept pushing. Um, but yeah, I mean, college in that sense was was tough because, um, so for example, uh, my degree is in mechanical engineering and the graduating class was about 200 people and I was one of six women. So wow. definitely not a lot of us, but, um, you know, I was in classes with a lot of guys who grew up like wrenching on stuff with their dads in the garage and whatever. They just kind of like, this base level of understanding or i remember like my very first coding class what what is coding yeah what like i don't know what are these words that you're telling me and (laughs)
0: you're saying you didn't make exanga backgrounds (laughs) (laughs) uh
2: yeah so um there were a lot of examples where i just felt kind of like blindsided and i had to just like keep pushing and keep persevering so um you know, in, sometimes I get frustrated because I was like, man, I just feel like I'm at such a disadvantage compared to a lot of my classmates. But that's like sort of a toxic mentality, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. you don't want to be comparing yourself to other people constantly. You should be comparing yourself to yourself to keep striving like for your best self. So I think I just, I worked a lot on that to, to like just keep on pushing and, and keeping like my end goal in mind and remembering like why I was doing this, what my passions were and everything. So it just, yeah, it <laughs> finally got through it, you know, got through those four years, got my degree and now here i am
0: yeah (laughs) yeah it's kind of like that saying we always say is ride your own ride absolutely yeah you can't constantly be gauging your progress on other people like it's your own life journey so i mean whatever whatever resources you need to seek out like you saw Tutoring and um, maybe different like uh, things you found online or something. Like mm-hmm. I remember I found this, I forgot what it is now, but I found this um, tutor online that actually had YouTube videos going through pro- problems, and I yeah. was like, Oh my God, this makes so much sense now that I can sit down and actually like go through a problem with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: made it so much better. Yeah. You guys are way above me. That's for sure. <laughs> oh no, whatever. Are, you're schooling like I never was into school. Like it was, I was such a social person. Like. I didn't but like, that's your, like, that's your thing. Yeah. That, like, yeah. Class. Right. For sure. It's just like, cool. Like, where are we going next?
0: Yeah. But so like, there's like social intelligence and then there's like book smarts. And like, I finally started getting my social intelligence up. I think like later in life, I'm still working on that, but <laughs> whatever, you're great. Yeah. But Brandy has a great way of connecting people. Yes. And like, she's very intuitive. And I think she was able to foster that. Instead yeah. of, I mean, maybe, like, not paying attention so much at school. But that's, uh, who cares? <laughs>
2: you know? That's your journey. I, yeah, I think absolutely. that you have a very high emotional in, intelligence. And sometimes that can be underrated. But, yeah. like, especially in community building, that's huge. So mm-hmm. engineers don't always have a lot of that. So, like, it's, it's a good balance.
1: <laughs> I'm just amazed that both of you guys, like, speak that language, though, right? Like, school language. Like, I don't speak that. I'm like, cool. <laughs>
0: That's fine. Um, What going back to school or or like maybe out of school, um, did you have any like extracurricular activities you were involved in? Like I was in part of like uh, Engineers Without Borders. Oh, yeah. um, Before I dropped out of college. Sorry. Um, (laughs) But were you part of stuff like that?
2: Yeah. So there's this organization called SAE stands for Society of Automotive Engineers. And I was very involved in the, the collegiate chapter of SAE at my school. So, um, at the college level, SAE has various competition projects like competition vehicles. And let's see, for two years, I competed on the super mileage team. So basically the point of this project was to build a a small car, like a one person vehicle and achieve the highest gas mileage possible. So, um, I was part of like the very initial team at my school, which was really fun. And yeah, we built a small car. It was essentially like a small frame with two bicycle tires in the front, one in the back. Uh, it was a really small single cylinder Briggs engine. And uh, I think a competition that year, the body was made out of carbon. We, we laid up carbon and like this big mold and everything. And just like very hands-on, like we designed it and built it. So it was like the whole picture, like learned a lot, right? About, oh, we're learning how to do CAD in classes, but now we're actually applying it and using our hands to build it. But yeah, that first year competition, uh, I think the car hit like 758 miles to the gallon. And then wow. the, the, um, the next year, we, we hit triple digits, or not triple digits, but quad digits. We hit over 1,000 miles to the gallon. Wow. Um, but there was a team in Canada that always would beat us, so it was really <laughs> frustrating. Uh, so we never took first place, at least while I was there. But um, So I did that for two years. And then my senior year, so for engineering, it's pretty common that you have to have some kind of senior design project in addition to your normal classes. So my senior design project was um, SAE Formula Hybrid. So um, the SAE Formula project is pretty well-known. It's been long-running, and um, with that one, essentially over the course of a year, you design and build a small open-wheel race car, but Formula Hybrid was a little bit different. Um, It was kind of like a new variant of that, and we actually built an electric hybrid small race car. So um, imagine like an open-wheel race car. They kind of have like the side pods, right? So our side pods were actually filled with batteries, that um, worked in conjunction with the internal combustion engine that was behind the driver. So, um, yeah, it was super cool. So I was actually like the the lead engineer, I guess you could Sheesh. call it at that time. I don't know. Um, I was uh, like the most organized one, and and, yeah. and also the one who was like least shy to talk to people. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I did that in in my senior year, and um, that was a really great experience. Obviously, from like the hands-on engineering perspective, but like i used to be pretty shy and being the lead of that project forced me to learn how to step up to learn how to find my voice to be a leader i had to you know give myself an elevator speech present myself and the team to sponsors all that stuff right and those are very valuable skills that like we all know are are utilized a lot today in so many different facets so yeah that was a really cool project. Um, and and through those projects especially I learned that I had a really big passion for internal combustion engine development so that's how I started like tailoring my career after college.
0: Yeah. So it's funny because like you're saying these all from a perspective of being a teenager but then you got to actually experience teaching teenagers in the Iron Angels mentorship program with Build. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So
2: Build Moto is a nonprofit organization in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and they've been operating for over 10 years now. It's a totally nonprofit volunteer-based organization. And the whole premise is to pair up high school students in the area with um, bike building or um, other related fields of adult mentors. And there's various teams that compete. I think there's like normally over 10 different teams every year. And um, every team gets a bike that is at various stages of of a condition, you know, sometimes (laughs) running, sometimes not. And we have basically like six months to teach the kids how to redesign it, rebuild it, and turn it into a race bike. So um, they had been doing a lot of uh, road race conversions on the bikes, but then I decided to join in... 2018, 2019, I forget, um, a few years ago. And, um, they had just recently moved over to Flat Track because Flat Track was like, you know, really becoming popular. And especially in Wisconsin, um, it's a very big community grassroots, like really, um, supportive community. So, We started um, having the teams build up flat track bikes and we got a bike in January and they basically had until June to rebuild it and race it and everything. And along the way there's these milestones. So we would have to like submit a video of a rolling chassis mock-up. Then we had to submit a video of the engine running and all these things and we got points along the way. And then, oh, there was a dino day. So, like, whoever hit the highest horsepower on that day got more points. And we also had to maintain a social media account. We had to raise a certain amount of money through sponsors and funds to, like, give back to the organization. So, like, from a a student's perspective, it was a very, like, hands-on, wholesome approach to a lot of, like, applicable adult and life concepts. In the meanwhile, they're learning how to use tools and how to build a motorcycle. And, um, yeah, so I joined and decided, myself and a few other women in the community, decided to start the only all-female team. So we decided the students we were going to recruit would only be female, the mentors would only be female, and um, I was lucky to have a few other women, other engineers at Harley, and then throughout the community, other women who, um, not necessarily engineers, but, you know, they worked in social media or marketing in some degree, but they were also writers, so they could relate that way they came on and would like coach the girls through the social media aspects and the sponsorship and all that. So um yeah, we we've built a couple bikes so far and done really well on the competition and I'm just I'm incredibly proud of it. Um honestly, when I moved out to Phoenix a few months ago, leaving the Iron Angels was one of the hardest things for me to leave behind. Yeah. But um they're in good hands now and it's it's really cool to see how the team is progressing now, like with new leadership in place kind of Um, But the, yeah, the other mentors were fantastic. And we just like, ah, I just, I, I feel so good about how we were able to work together as a team and like find each other's strengths as mentors and then project that onto the girls. So, you know, high school is like a weird age for some girls especially and mm-hmm. usually our team they didn't know each other coming into the program it would just kind of be like a word of mouth or we would actually go to schools to recruit or like I knew a local science teacher and went to her class and that kind of stuff so you know we, we would have like eight girls coming in who didn't know each other and it was super awkward at first so wow. not only are we like teaching them you know, like this is a screwdriver this is a wrench I mean literally like that basic level righty-tighty lefty-loosey Um, but then we also had to like teach them to, to mesh and be a team. But, um, we always did a really good job of that, I think. And a lot of that is, is due to like the strong mentors that we had. And and I feel very thankful to have like those strong women on my team as well, to just like keep projecting that onto the next generation.
0: Yeah. Were there any like really beautiful transformations or testimonials from like a certain girl or like, were there, were there any stories like that?
2: Yeah. Oh, there's a few. Um, So we did have a few girls who ended up graduating high school and going off to pursue technical degrees. Uh, One of them, I think she went off to pursue something like mechanical design. Uh, I think we had two girls that are now pursuing engineering degrees. Um, At a more basic level, we had one girl who would do a lot of mountain bike racing on the side, like just for fun. And I remember at the end of the season, her dad came up to us and told us that um, before she was on our team if she would go into a race and break something on her bicycle she would typically come home and be like dad you know can you fix this thing for me and he said after being with us for six months she would just go into the garage grab the tools and fix it herself like not cool. yeah and like i almost started crying when he told me that right because like this is what it's about it's about the confidence and the empowerment and the skills and everything even if it's just simple stuff like that so that was really great um I still stay in touch with some of them, actually. Like, as they've graduated high school, they're into college now, and they're, like, starting their adult lives. And it's been really cool, too, because um, I feel like I can still be kind of a mentor and friend to them as they start to, like, you know, start their next phase of their, their life journey and things like that. So, yeah, yeah it feels so well, good. And, yeah. And actually, some of them got their license now, too. That, I guess, the, yeah, that's a really exciting thing I forget about sometimes. Um, Yeah, one, so for sure. Some of them have gone to riding Academy and gotten there. I'm endorsement. Um, but uh, one of them in particular, her name's Jay. Uh, her and I are still pretty close. I actually brought her on the ice with me one time. And like, that was such a cool, like 360 moment where I just, I looked over and I was like, I remember when you were just like a sophomore in high school and now (laughs) I'm riding a motorcycle next to you. you
1: (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like you get that like motherly instinct, right? But we're like, none of us have kids, but it's cool to like have little kids, like littles look up to you and like you teach them something new.
2: Yeah. It feels so good. And even, especially like we talked about me having mentors in my early days, I feel like I'm in this really cool position where I can kind of pass the torch, and, and that's really meaningful to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just passed a torch recently. You did. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I was really stoked about that. But it's neat to, and, and like, I'm excited for for Celine that we passed the torch to, yeah. um, to watch her grow. And like, I hope, like, she sticks with motorcycle stuff. Like, she talked about doing the Fire Academy and stuff, and uh, paramedic or EMT. And I'm wow. like, man, I really hope that this, um, platform helps her to like just pursue more motorcycle stuff so
0: yeah so S- celine um is basically coordinating events for San yeah. city moto girls um <laughs> which brandy was the founder of so it's pretty cool like after all those years of fostering such a community she is able to allow somebody else to like kind of handle her baby yeah yeah
2: right. it it, it takes some courage to let go a little bit I think and it's kind of scary especially something that you fostered so much right like with the Iron Angels I was like man I'm just this is my thing like I'm so passionate about these girls and I just feel so good about where they're at but it's also really cool to let someone else kind of take the reins and then see how they manifest it right yeah Yeah. there's
0: the Iron Angels up there the working over there. and
1: How old is that little girl? Like, she looks really um, young.
2: I think she was a freshman that wow. year. Yeah, so that was actually last year. We, um, that bike was an XG500, and um, you can see we pretty much totally tore it apart and rebuilt it. Oh, yeah. Um, the The paint scheme is, is one of my favorites. So we always give the girls a lot of freedom on the design because we really want them to feel the ownership of it, right? So um, this last one was inspired by one of the girls' Pet Tropical Birds. Oh, wow! Yeah, that's why it kind of has, like, a feathery scale pattern, and it's all rainbow-colored and everything. But, um, yeah.
1: How do they choose what number is going to go on it? Is it the same number every year?
2: So, with our team in particular, there actually is a bit of a story behind it. Um, So, the Iron Angels number is always 05. And the reason behind that is there was a woman in the Milwaukee community. Her name was Charlotte Mm Keynes And she was on her way to becoming a professional flat tracker. And uh, I think she was in her young 20s and she ended up being in an accident in a race and passing away so um, her dad Jack Haynes is still very active in the Milwaukee community he's actually a mentor on another build team and um yeah just like a really wonderful guy and family who just gives back to I mean a community that could be very traumatic for some people you know losing their daughter and something like that but um yeah, so Charlotte, I, I actually, I did not meet her it was before I came to Milwaukee, but she had a very profound impact on many people in that community, and some of the more senior mentors on the Iron Angels, uh, they knew her, they kind of helped, like, grew up with her around the racetrack and all that stuff, so um, being that we were the only all-female team, or the first all-female team in the program, we asked her father if we could run her number, and, and he agreed, cool. so um, now we're always zero five. 5 What a
0: beautiful tribute. That's awesome. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love that. So it's cool to see you like now as a shining example for what teenagers can be in 10, 15 years, you know? Like you are a Harley Davidson engineer and calibrator. Um, You designed this like soft tails. You helped design the Milwaukee 8 engine. Like it's crazy because in 2017, (laughs) when I revealed that um, the soft tails, On the lineup um it it was crazy to sit on and be like oh my gosh like now i'm feeling like a a personal level of connection to the build you know it kind of brings that yeah it it brings that different level of emotion to like a mass-produced motorcycle it feels more handcrafted right so it's so it's so interesting like what does it feel like to know that you're part of such a rich heritage Uh, it feels really good um
2: you know, it's it's still a job at the end of the day, right? People are like, oh, it must be a dream job. And I mean, it is. Okay, I work on motorcycles for a living, so it's pretty freaking cool. But, you know, it's still a job. Um, so there's also like good days and bad days. But overall, um, I, I really enjoy the opportunity to have an impact on people in that way. Um, you know, motorcycles are often machines that are owned for passion reasons, or they're machines that people find happiness and joy out of and I feel like I'm contributing to somebody's happiness and joy I'm, com- I'm, I'm yeah. contributing to their peace right um so yeah that's that's really cool for me and especially like when I see people that I know especially women like friends that I meet and they're writing products that I helped bring to market like Ugh, that's so cool I'm like ah, <laughs> I, I helped that you know um but what also I really enjoy is is really like breaking the perceptions and you know like in general i just i kind of like breaking molds and surprising people so um you know some we sometimes have, like, have opportunities to go work at rallies or um at various like setups for harley and like as engineers we can interact with the customers and answer questions or explain the products and everything which is like a great way for us to get out of our cubicles and interacting with people who are actually using our products but um, yeah, it's it's fun. Like when guys come up to me and they're like, "Oh wow, you you can actually like say words that mean things," and you know, and I'm like, "Yeah, actually." Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Little so. do they know.
2: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I I think like I I love having this opportunity to uh you know say yes i i am an engineer i do work for harley davidson and um you know there there is a very like diverse group of people designing these products for diverse customers and you know a lot of people just think oh harley davidson's are just for like middle-aged white guys and, <laughs> but i'm yeah they're they're for everybody right
0: absolutely
2: so, um you know i get to work at babe's ride out almost uh, every year now uh last couple of years i've done it which is a really cool opportunity i love doing that cuz you get know, like hundreds or thousands of women coming up and they're like, Oh, you're not just like a hired spokesperson. Like you actually know these bikes. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like I, I designed this piece of it right here where I can tell you how this bike rides or how it feels like from a personal perspective as well. So yeah, I just, I think that's like a really cool opportunity.
0: Yeah. So your first bike wasn't a Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. I know that. No. Tell us what it was and how did you transition into Harley Davidson? So
2: I actually started writing before I came to Harley and um, I started writing because I had graduated from college and uh, needed a new hobby because all of a sudden I had free time. I didn't have like lab reports and homework to write constantly. <laughs> um, so uh, my now husband, but boyfriend at the time, his mom had a motorcycle just collecting dust in the garage and she was like, Hey, you can have this if you go off and get your license because I'm not using it. So we're like, okay, cool. Let's, let's go learn how to ride motorcycles. Um, so I ended up getting, my first bike was a a Ninja 500 and, uh, it was a Craigslist special. (laughs) It was basically like the cheapest thing I could find on Craigslist and it was purple, which was my favorite color. Like those, those are pretty much the only reasons I bought it. Like I didn't know, I I didn't know (laughs) enough besides that. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I actually, I had like a buddy drive it back for me and I ran out of fuel on the freeway on the way back and it was like this oh, whole thing. No. Um, so yeah, that was my first bike and, um, it was like, honestly kind of a piece of junk, but, but it was good because it, it taught me basic maintenance and, you know, like just some of the things that I feel like are kind of important to know as a rider and, you know, like being a little bit more in tune with your machine and whatever. So um, yeah, that was my first bike. And then I, I had gotten a job out of college and then ended up, um, wanting to leave that job. And that's when I got hired at Harley. So, um, you know, I I still had the Ninja when I went to (laughs) Harley, but, uh, we, we, we have company fleet of bikes that we can take out for evaluation, things like that. So then I like started riding Harleys and I started understanding like what these products were and how they were different from my, piece of junk, little purple ninja. <laughs> um, and, and we actually, we have to take a lot of riding training through work. Like for my job in particular, I need to actually ride our prototype bikes quite a lot um, at our test tracks and on the roads and things like that to like evaluate the the aspects that I am calibrating or, you know, like affecting in the design of the product So, um, to do that, we have to go through riding training to basically make sure that we're like competent and safe riders. Right. So, um, I started going through a lot of this training and, uh, just becoming like a more skilled rider, really riding more often and just like being surrounded by so many other riders. It's like impossible to not catch the bug. And I just started like becoming more passionate about it and like understanding the community. And then I started finding other people in the community and other women, especially. And I just like became obsessed so
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you took like a police riding course once mm-hmm. I remember that
2: yeah um yeah the, the, so I did a week-long police like slow speed maneuverability course and I like to this day I will stand by the opinion that that was the hardest class I ever took
0: yeah uh, yeah. yeah that stuff is really technical i have yeah. taken a couple of those and it's yeah it super is. slow speed like really tight turns it really challenges you. It's real good. Big like time,
2: it. big time. Yeah. The class that I took was five days straight and it was like full days, like eight hour days for five days.
0: Nice. And,
2: um, at the end of it, we had a test and it was taught by, uh, former police chiefs and, you know, like intense dudes. Um, <laughs> but, um, we did it on road Kings and, um, I was trying to keep track of how many times I dropped the bike. And I think after day two, I lost track. <laughs> so I am yeah. really good at picking up motorcycles now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that was intense. Like not only physically, but mentally, I, like, I think by the fourth day, I like, I, I had a bit of a mental breakdown. I remember like one of the instructors, he literally told me, he's like, park your bike and go for a walk. Yeah. And I was like, oh God, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I did, I got off and I just like centered myself, got back on and just like kept going. Right. Um. So I don't know. I, I like doing stuff like that because I, I like kind of like pushing yourself to your limit, but then like just a little bit past it to see like how much you can handle physically mentally whatever Um, i just think that's like one of the best ways to grow yeah so um yeah even though it was really tough i'm so glad i took that class
1: under pressure
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: legit brandy have you ever had any of those
1: breakdown moments on the motorcycle Mm, i'm sure i have um Yeah, I mean, riding to Sturges this past year without a fairing, that was a a breaking moment You got really creative, though, with it. Yeah. Oh, girl, had to. I was looking for a trailer to send it home. I was like, I'm never doing this again. That was definitely a breaking moment, because I'd never imagined not wanting to ride home from Sturges. Like, it's one of the things I look forward to. It's like a straight shot, put down as many miles as I can, or I want to that day. And yeah, I was just like, I don't even want to do it. What did you do (laughs) to get back? Um, I just sucked it up, buttercup. Like, I was like, there's no point in You made this. a
0: makeshift windshield. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did
1: that too. Oh, I was like, I don't know. I just told myself, suck it up, make it work. But yeah, I did. I um, had a toiletry bag and I wrapped my jacket around it and I made a fairing because I was like, there's no freaking way I'm going to make it home. So, so smart. Worked out. Um, it was recommendations from everybody. We stayed at a really gnarly house with Penny this past year and everybody was like, yeah, try this, try this, try this. I was like, F it. We're doing it. Let's go.
2: I love that stuff though. <laughs> when you're on these big road trips and something goes wrong, you just like you have to get creative and you have to MacGyver something I love
1: that yeah (laughs) I got to MacGyver the other day too one of the girls um, the horn cover fell off of her bike and I used a hair tie to get it on so I was like yeah let's keep going
0: oh yeah definitely (laughs) I was like
1: Kristen would be so proud of me right now for (laughs) sure
0: always yeah those little nifty moments I remember I mean I feel like everybody's like like
1: zip tied their shift linkage or something
2: (laughs) I always carry zip ties always carry
1: zip ties 100% Yeah. yeah and the baby bungee too. Those guys yeah. come in handy. Like they're tiny. I just wrap them around my bars. Never fails. Like every ride, somebody's like, dang, I, I need this or I need that. And I'm yeah. like, girl, let's figure it out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what other essentials do you guys
1: usually carry with you when you're going on long road trips? I love my Leatherman. I always make sure to have my Leatherman oh, with that's me. Smart. Yeah. That's from laney laney taught me that many, many years ago. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, so uh, I have my
2: friends joke that it's my pocket protector. Um, (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) I, I have this, this like little organization thing that is stuck to the inside of my left side saddlebag and in it, I always have some essentials. Like I have some basic tools. Um, I have a pen, sunscreen, chapstick, a little first aid kit. Um, I typically, especially on longer trips, I have a portable tire pump. Um, I always have a jump pack with me, usually extra bottle of water zip ties yeah.
0: <laughs> extra yeah. credit question do you guys carry your registration with you yeah. <laughs> i knew everybody would be like i actually just put mine in because we i did i literally just did that's hilarious we probably did it on the same day oh <laughs> i've been riding around without my new sticker on my on my motorcycle for like Months, <laughs> months. I'm the worst. So, yeah, um, when we went on our long Texas trip, all of us, um, I made sure to put my registration in my tank bag because I had a tank bag. Oh, that's on. right. Yeah. <laughs> and thank goodness because my dumbass was the one that got pulled over because I'm over here crossing the double line when a park ranger is right in front I'm of me. I'm passing you. the park ranger oh my god yeah that was gnarly <laughs> yeah
2: there was like somewhere in northern arizona i, think, I don't remember right? Yeah, yeah yeah yes it was we arizona, arizona. arizona. Yeah. i yeah. remember because i think you were second in line of the four of us yeah. i was next and and i was actually i was about ready to send it too because i was like shoot you know well there was like a line of cars in front of us and they were doing like 500 speed of come on you know yeah and it was and cold it, yeah it was cold yeah i think there was some snow on the ground too. Mm-hmm. um so yeah you were in the back brandy i was second from the back and you had just pulled out and i was like edging i was like looking for a clear spot ready
0: to go and the lights lit up and i was like Ooh! yeah <laughs> i did not see her man she was no, yeah she was like on it there okay so my in my defense there was a jeep that crossed first yeah. And yeah. Then, yes. And then I went behind it because I was like, oh, the double line's about to run out. Like we're good. Yeah. And then we literally passed this part Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Oh, there goes! Please no! Please hope that nobody's behind me following. There goes Lainey. We're both knocked out. Brandy and Narissa just slowly creep by when we're getting pulled over. I'm you like, go. oh we're my like, god!
1: We're ah, like, will see oh, you that's later. Yeah. Thing is, like, wouldn't let us like pull over. She no. was like, not happy about it. So me and Narissa like went a little ahead of you guys and we pulled over and she's like no no go so me and rissa had to go down the road yeah Yeah.
2: and we had zero cell phone reception where we were right so it was taking a long time i don't know what she was doing but
1: (laughs) she was just hanging out in her truck i swear brandy and i
2: were just like do we should we go back like are they okay what's happening we did have snacks
0: yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh
2: that's another thing that you must always carry with you is snacks Uh, like my handlebar bag i always have snacks in the handlebar bag Mm -hmm. so yeah
1: (laughs) there you go snacks so this reminded me when you talked about your tank bag. Remember, like at the beginning of the trip, Lainey, Lainey brings all the essentials. Oh no, the <laughs> snack pack! <laughs> 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 the whole snack
0: pack flies off. Snacks for days, oh, gone. Oh my god! You get snack!
1: You get snack!
0: <laughs> okay, okay. So the well, gets snack. <laughs>
2: We'll frame this. Okay, so so we're all, like, loaded up, right? Because we're, like, ready to spend a week on the road. And Lainey shows up. We're meeting at the gas station. And she's like, you guys, I got snacks. And we're like, yeah. So on the back of her sissy bar, she's got just this, like, pack that's dedicated to snacks, right? She opens it up, and we're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, like, Twizzlers and stuff. It's sweet. And then I don't know how far it in was, we were. It was like an hour into the ride, I feel like. Right. And then all of a sudden, this guy pulls up next to me. Cause Lainey, I think you were trailing in the back. I was second from the back. And this guy in a car pulls up and he's like waving me down. He's like pointing. I'm like, what? And look. And like, Lainey's not with us anymore. So I'm like, shoot, guys. So I pull up next to you. He's like, we gotta pull over. Right. And we're kind of looking back. We're like, what's, what's going on? Is she okay? And then eventually she rolls up next to us and she's like, you guys, the snap pack. <laughs> And we look, and it just had, like, opened up and fallen off or something and was, like, shredded, was shredded. all over. So, like, all of our snacks for the entire week, we're maybe, like, two hours into it's this trip. trip.
0: Yeah. Right? And yeah. Like,
2: all right, okay, I guess all the squirrels are going to enjoy the combos. Oh. oh, man. It was funny, too,
1: because, like, we needed something from it. Like, the first aid kit or something. Oh, yeah. Just like, well, that was in the snack pack. <laughs> yeah. We were so
0: sad. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And it's funny because right. you guys were the ones to to suggest getting snacks today. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, what's going to happen to the snacks this time? Like, we're about to go on a flight literally right after this to go to Belize. And I'm like, I hope that... We have the snacks. Like, can we, is that going to be the five pounds we have to leave? Like, I don't know. So our bag is over by
1: five pounds, and we're just going to run it. We're just going to run it. For hope for the best. best.
0: Yeah. No, don't worry. We, we
2: packed all the snacks in Lainey's helmet bag, actually. so <laughs> the
1: easy access. So uh,
2: we make it to Belize, and she's going to put on her helmet, and it's going to smell real funny. <laughs> the
0: culmination so- of all the snacks. She's going to be hungry the whole time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Got to get creative, you know? Yeah, you know. No. <laughs> no, that was so good. So we got these new bags. Was anybody able to fit everything in them? Or did?
2: Uh, almost. I did have to pack some stuff in my helmet. But yeah. yeah. I yeah.
1: packed
0: all my clothes in my helmet. <laughs> yeah. Literally yeah, all my clothes. <laughs> did you use a compression sack? I mean, I just used my little, I mean, yeah, I guess it is a compression sack, but it's not like the vacuum sealed one. It's just like you zip it once and it compresses a little bit. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. But I threw it all in my helmet. Wow. Yeah. so we'll Okay. See how I I then. didn't I did not. I took a lot <laughs> extra
1: this time, like a lot. Really? Like, I literally packed way too much. Wow. I know. So if anybody needs clothes, I got you guys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was it was kind of tough to pack, honestly, because I feel like, you know, we're all pretty seasoned road trippers at this point. So like, we've gotten pretty good at like being minimalists on the road. But like, we're going to Belize, and I have no idea what to expect. So I'm like. What do I wear? I don't know. Do I need this kind of gear? Or are they, can I buy this there? I don't know.
0: So it- I assumed I would wear the same dirt bike gear literally every day. And that maybe we'll go out at night to the karaoke bar and I'll wear, like, an easy dress. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I packed a dress. I packed a pair of shorts. I packed uh, my leggings I'm wearing right now um, and a jumper. And that's about it.
2: I mean, oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have cute clothes with me well i like, have some options
0: for you <laughs> brandy's got them no worries <laughs> sick <laughs> got you Lainey didn't even pack clothes she just <laughs> packed snacks so <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you know what between
2: man. the four of us we're gonna be good it'll be fine oh, we'll, <laughs> like, we'll be just, absolutely just fine so
1: we're gonna be um doing a little bit of content on Daughters of the Road while we're out in Belize. And I'm really excited about that to share.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So a little backstory, if you guys um, aren't following on Daughters of the Road. Um, so I wrote an article about Emma of Alternate Adventures in 2017, I believe it was. Um, it's on the website. So if you go to our articles on Daughters of the you'll see um, that you can find the Emma one. And it was so cool. I, I just like, I was connecting with a lot of people overseas somehow at that time and i was just so intrigued by um traveling abroad and what they do and like how they run their businesses and everything so um connecting with her was like just extraordinary and i made it a life mission to go on this trip so it's like crazy that we were able to just like say it and then everybody was on board yeah. And then now we're making it happen and she's going to be our tour guide. And she was like, I don't even want you guys to pay for me. Like, I'll do it for free. And we're like, what? I know. <laughs> I'm so excited so, to meet her. It's yeah, so excited. cool. Like, I, I'm so stoked for what this adventure is going to be. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything really about what we're doing. I know we're getting on a little plane
1: and yeah. we're going to another place and then we're going to get motorcycles and that's all. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. we got <laughs> dirt bikes.
0: I know something about jungles, waterfalls and Mayan ruins and that's. Karaoke bar, too. And locals food. (laughs) Local food. Heck,
2: yeah.
1: Stoked about that. Yeah, Yeah, it's going
2: to be a great time. But, that, I mean, that's what I love about these adventures is we're all just like, sweet, yeah, let's go. Let's check it out, you know? And, like, you kind of have that adventure mentality. Yes.
0: That's Uh, where I feel like you grow and learn so much. Yeah. Especially, like, becoming, uh, now that we're going on international travels together, it's even cooler because then you get to broaden your perspective of what this world is because you're not just stuck in the United States and mm-hmm. traveling in the United States. Like that's easy. That's always easy when you're out in another country and they don't speak your language. I mean, they do primarily speak English, but they do speak a lot of Spanish. Um, and then learning their culture, what they eat, all that stuff. Ugh. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sorry. Right. Ugh. And, uh, and motorcycles are like the catalyst to this, at least for us. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you can travel in other ways, but that's one thing that I've learned to really love about I mean one of the many things I love about motorcycles (laughs) but um it is like it it becomes a common language no matter where you go the people that you meet if you meet somebody who maybe doesn't speak the same actual language as you but they ride you can still find that connection yeah right flow yeah
0: yeah so we know what's coming up literally tonight next <laughs> <The>
1: airport but <laughs> like now yeah. ladies probably like sitting there with her thumb
0: <laughs> guys it's getting close to 8:30 9:30
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> but let's look forward what do you have planned or like what do you envision doing in the next like 5 to 10 years uh oof
2: uh, so i just moved to phoenix from Finally. milwaukee <laughs>
1: after years of convincing
2: literally all three of these women for so long they're like when are you gonna move out to our side when are you <laughs> coming to the desert yeah. like as i would just like i would come visit you like once a year
1: when i was just getting crazy from all the snow right so they finally convinced me, and I'm so happy I'm and here. And we convinced John. Yes. I think mean, sent him last trip when we went to Texas. We sent John a message, and we we're like, hey, y'all got to <laughs> come to Vegas. We said Vegas, yep. but we're good with Arizona. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: it's still pretty close, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm so glad that he was on board with this. Um, so, yeah, I only moved here, like, a few months ago. So I'm definitely still just, like, settling and getting my feet underneath myself. So that's kind of, like, where my head at is is at now. Um, in the future, I definitely see us staying here a long time because there's there's so many cool things to do here, so many adventures to find. And... It's never
0: ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah, I love that. I'm so excited. So, um, I think that we're gonna stay here for a while. I definitely want to do more international trips, just like on a personal note. Um, definitely want to try riding in more countries. You know, I'm just gonna like slowly take them off. So, um. I I really, really miss working with the Iron Angels. So um, who knows, in the future, I'd like to maybe start something that is, like, along similar lines where I can, like, in in a more formal sense, get involved with some mentoring or some education or something like that. Um, Love it. Awesome. Yeah, I feel like I have so many ideas. Like, especially in that realm, I have a lot of ideas of, like, kind of starting a platform to just, like, help provide education on basic motorcycle concepts or mechanical concepts that, like, women especially, or just like people who maybe didn't grow up with like mechanical minded parents or like that background, um, just something that they can like learn from and then feel more confident and speaking about their motorcycle or maybe like doing basic maintenance and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I have all these ideas and just kind of like focusing on life a little bit right now, settling, and then we'll just kind of like move on from there. Yes. Yeah. Big Uh,
0: things popping. Oh yeah. 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 So Um, how do people follow along with you?
2: I'm um, pretty active on Instagram. So that's probably the best place. Yeah. Um, Narissa underscore nonstop on Instagram. Um, yeah. But I, I don't, I don't have like a YouTube channel or anything
0: like that yet. So, so Narissa nonstop. Yeah. We put it up on the screen for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So thank you again, Narissa, for being in this space and sharing what it's like in your mind and in your life and how you're such an inspiration to so many people, whether it be a, a young person or people our age, even beyond, like I've heard so many older people, even my dad saying they're that that they're inspired by you. So sweet. It yes. means a lot. My dad
1: loves the crap out yeah. of you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so whether it's intentional or not, you do the damn thing and we love you for it. Thank um, you. You're really making your mark on the motorcycle industry and beyond for women, people, and STEM, and, you know, just life in general, you're a really golden person, so. I appreciate that a lot, it feels good. So we can't see what, we can't wait to see what else happens with you giving to the world. Thanks. That's going to be great. Thanks. I always (laughs)
2: appreciate having you guys around and supporting me, and yeah, such a good community, you know, I feel very fortunate to have found it.
0: Yes, Mm -hmm. yes.
1: So a little bit about Red Rock Harley-Davidson in this segment. (laughs) Go ahead, Brandy. So we've got a pre-Mardi Gras party going on this Saturday. Unfortunately, we will not be there for it. Um, But it's in great hands, so be sure to stop by Red Rock Harley around 11 to 1 uh, for the pre-Mardi Gras party. Yes, and as you can see, we're wearing Speed Kings
0: cycle today Uh, we want to give a very special shout out to speed kings Um, it's an extensive platform for you to get your parts whether it be utvs now new or fxrs baggers everything in between they work with most major manufacturers Um, they work with cool people like Horsepower Inc. Um, you can grab all these different parts. They're also making their own parts. Yep. Um, so made in the USA, it's pretty rad. Um, check out their website, Speed King Cycle. Um, the link will be in the description. And also they gave us a code for you guys. Um, if you want to get 10% off your order, you can use the code DOTR10 and you'll receive 10% off. So. Think of us when you're shopping. Yep. Yeah. We're looking
1: forward to doing more things with Speed Kings. Definitely looking forward to going out to their, what um, is it a drag racing day? Uh,
0: yep. Yep. So. They're doing a, a B-twin drag racing day. Cool. Yeah. We'll post more about that. We shared it on our story, but yeah, that's going to be coming up and we're super stoked on that. Yep. So yeah. Other than that, thank you guys again so much for tuning in. Um, it was an awesome show. Well, again, we're going on a trip to Belize here <laughs> Sorry. in an hour. Uh, sorry, can't believe. Bye. Check out our shirt. <laughs> We're ready. Yeah. We did it on a flight. We're all going to wear matching shirts, be those people. We're the bridesmaids without the bride. We are
1: 100% that with our matching luggage. All yeah. so cute. Everything's matching. Well. Shout out
0: Billwell. Yes. Yeah, we've got matching backpacks, helmets, jerseys, everything. Yep. It's Thank cute. You. Like, I'm telling you, it,
2: it's going to be look cute.
0: Good. so yeah um look forward to all those stories coming up here soon um you can follow us on instagram tiktok facebook youtube all the good social platforms and uh be on the lookout for the next one guys thank you thank you